This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 32 teams entered the season with the hope of being crowned champions. Now, only two cities remain. Who will take home the coveted Lombardi Trophy? It's time for Big Game Breakdowns with Baldy and La Confora, an Odyssey exclusive. This is the latest edition of all these breakdowns. We come to you guys, as always, courtesy of our friends at Odyssey. We hope you're listening right now. In fact, we hope we're listening and really started right now. And again, not while we used to work out. Some kinks. We are doing this podcast live here uh, on Monday morning as we continue to go around the NFL division by division, getting you guys as prepared as possible for training camps in the upcoming season. I'm Jason Lockenfora. You can find me at Jason Lockenfora on Twitter. Brian Baldinger is at BaldyNFL on Twitter. Baldy, it looks like you were in your bunker there. I'm assuming that is at NFL Films. I see your whiteboards. I see your charts. I see your private documents. You are clearly – I see maybe some uh, some plane reservations behind you. you. You are clearly ready to hit the road, my brother. I am. I am. We, we start tomorrow. Uh, we start inside training camp on the NFL today. I'm on tomorrow. Um, I'm going to see the Eagles and the Giants this week. I'll be in Denver on Saturday, back together Saturday. We'll be covering every training camp in the NFL by the NFL Network. And then uh, heading back to the Giants and the Jets, and then I get going. I get to Arizona, the Chargers, the Cowboys, Seattle. Uh, the Raiders, and I think I'm going to end up August 11th in Pittsburgh. And then after that first preseason game that weekend, I'm going to start seeing some of the scrimmages that will be going on around the league. So I'm going to see I'm going to see 12 to 15 teams at some point right. uh, during this training camp period. So I'm 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 really I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. I just got my fingers crossed on these flights here, Jason. And um, yes. You know, hope everything can work out, but uh, I'm, I'm excited yes. to get started. Just And just listening to guys from around the league. I mean, just guys that kind of follow yep. me and hit me up on different things. I mean, some of the biggest stars in this league can't wait to start this week. It's not like yeah. there's any dread. I uh, don't want, you know, I'm not right. ready. Like th- 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 this group is ready to go around the league. And I don't know, coming off the postseason we all saw last year, that – there's ever been any more optimism for a season than there is right now. Yeah. Well, and and I think part of that optimism and and the reason guys are are brimming with excitement and ready to go is because so many teams, owners, GMs, front offices, team presidents, 
went bigger and bolder than we ever thought they would, right, Baldy? I mean, yeah. this was an offseason that was filled with power move after power move after power move. And now we get to see those things actually put into practice on a football field and not just on a roster. And I think the AFC West, again, which we're reviewing today, is, is probably first and foremost among that movement, right? I mean, you, you, you've now seen all these other teams do something drastic to try to prove to themselves and then ultimately prove to the Kansas City Chiefs that, hey, this isn't just your division to lose every year. Well, I think it really started, I mean, this whole thing with the quarterback carousel. I mean, two years ago in the heart, you know, in the, the height of a pandemic, Tom Brady goes to Tampa and ends up winning the Super Bowl with the Bucs. And last year, Matt Stafford goes out to Los Angeles and in one year, one off season, um, you know, steps in and leads the Los yeah. Angeles Rams to a Super Bowl. And so the, we have seen just what elite quarterbacks can do in this business in one off season. It's not like a, you know, let's put a plan together for three years. I mean, Denver feels like they can compete in the AFC West and we're going to get to it real soon here, but Denver feels like they can compete with Russell Wilson. I'm going to see Russell in Denver on Saturday. Uh, I can't wait to get out there. And uh, I know Nathaniel Hackett for a long, long time. His dad was my offense coordinator in Dallas. Um, I remember when he was a little kid running around the field, but I, I, I like you, you can, you have that guy at that position. Like you can go all the way right now with, if you have the rather, you know, enough pieces around him. Well, let's start with the chiefs um, because they are still the team to beat. They are a team now that um, has an expectation under Andy Reid. When he got there, it was an expectation to be in the playoffs and compete. Now, Baldy, they're, they're a Super Bowl or bus team. You know, I mean, if they if they're not at least playing in a Super Bowl or winning a Super Bowl, then I, I think to that locker room, um, they haven't achieved their ultimate goals. They trade Tyreek Hill. They are in a little bit or maybe a lot of uh, loggerheads with their left tackle, Orlando Brown. Um, they continue to kind of uh, look for pieces on defense to keep that side of the ball stable because they do tend to, there's a lot of variance over there. They can run real hot or cold. Um, are they still at the top of the mountain for you? Yes. And it's, it's, it's just remarkable what they have done. I mean, they've won six straight division titles. Okay. Under Patrick Mahomes now, I mean, this is, this stuff is just doesn't get done in this league. Maybe Brady at some point did it, but you know, he's never lost a division game on the road, Jason. He's 13-0 on the road. Now you think about, okay, you go to, you know, you go into Denver. Well, they've had some good defenses, haven't beaten him. They've beaten the Broncos nine straight times. He's 9-0 against the Broncos. He's never lost to him. The Raiders. Crazy. He's 7-1 against the Raiders. So that's 16-1 against the Raiders and Broncos as a starter. Okay. But the, the, the part about the Raiders to me, Jason, is you know, they have averaged in eight games against the Raiders. They've averaged over 40 points a game. So, you know, while the Raiders can add Devontae Adams and, you know, sign, you know, Hunter Renfro and bring in a new coach and all that, like, can they stop the Chiefs? Can anybody stop the Chiefs? So, you know, and look, the, the team that has actually beaten them uh, the most is the Chargers, and they took them to overtime uh, in week 15 last year. Um they had a chance to beat him. They beat him in week three up in Kansas City at Arrowhead. Uh, they have beaten the Chiefs. They probably 
stack up the best amongst the other. So, you know, when you talk about the Chiefs, it always starts with their division and their path to a Super Bowl. So, you know, if you're asking me right now, well, in this wild, wild west, which it is, and it's going to be so much fun. I mean, these games are instant classics, Jason. <laughs> like, pick pick a game. Pick Raiders-Chargers Week 18 last right. year. Pick Chiefs-Chargers Week 15. Chiefs-Chargers Week 3. Like, you go around this division even a year ago without some of the new additions. Like, these were must-see games. Like, it was fantastic theater. And so, like, well, I think I, teams are better at yeah. chasing the Chiefs than they were a year ago. But, you know, Andy Reid was winning division titles in Kansas City without Travis Kelsey, without Tyreek Hill, without Patrick Mahomes. They were going to the playoffs. So, you know, you got to start saying, well, maybe the Chiefs have a pretty good idea about what they're doing. And so you trade Tyreek Hill. Nobody believes that their offense could be as good, but – if you can add right. Trent McDuffie and George Karloftis, you know, two 21-year-old rookies to your defense and let a two-time winning defensive coordinator in Steve Spagnola coach them up, like, I think that's – and then you add a bunch of other guys, Leo Chanel and, you know, Brian Cook and some other guys that they drafted on defense to what they already have. And I think Justin Reed – I'm not saying he's better than Tyron Matthew. I love Tyron Matthew. But anybody that's watched Justin Reed play in Houston – like, this guy is a thumper in the middle of the field. He brings a little something-something to the party. Like, they've rebuilt, you know, that position. So, I don't know. Like, the Chiefs, to me, are still the top dog. Sure. I feel like people have been asking for 20 years now, do you think Andy Reid might run the ball a little bit more this year? I mean, you obviously heard a lot of that in Philadelphia that. for years. Uh, and, and Patrick Mahomes is as special as they come, but – do any of these moves signal to you that that maybe there there will be more of an emphasis on being able to to run? I would say maybe in some downs and distances where in the past they wouldn't have done it quite as much. So it's interesting, Jason. Um, it's great. It's a great question because I was in Dallas or Frisco, Texas, at the Cowboy Star couple weeks ago for this O-line masterminds. And, you know, it's the first week in July and, you know, there's no OTAs and guys have time off before training camp, but there's Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith from the Chiefs there learning from Steve Hutchinson and Willie Rofe and mm-hmm. Mark Schlereth. I mean, those guys had phenomenal rookie seasons. I think they played every snap for the Chiefs. At least they started every game for them um, as they rebuilt their offensive line. And you'd mentioned, you know, what might happen to Orlando Brown Jr. at left tackle. I, I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, I don't know. You gotta, you gotta, you want to get paid. You gotta play. Baldy. You gotta play. That's you gotta play. And he wants to be a left tackle. He's not going to go anywhere yep. in this league and play for a better organization or play on a better offensive line because Joe Tooney is the real deal at left guard. Now, whatever they yeah. do at right tackle, Lucas Niang, uh, Andrew Wiley, like this is an elite group, and so. You said, what might they run the ball a little bit more? And I asked that to Trey Smith. I'm like, because I think they've got some backs. I think we saw a little bit last year of like Derek Gore, who's a big back, mm-hmm. you know, and you you bring in Ronald Jones and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Like, I, they have the ability to play any style you want right now. And you can't discount what Mahomes does running the football and how he extends plays. Yeah. So – I, I believe that if they wanted to become 
a power football team. They could do it. They've got the backs and the line to do it. Now, it's not how Andy Randy Reed's going to start throwing the ball the moment he comes out of the tunnel at Arrowhead. But he, he does have – if there's games where the field is sloppy or where right. injuries to Travis Kelsey or there's just, you know, whatever might happen offensively where he might not have the firepower you want outside, I think they have the ability to go, you yeah. know, just move the line of scrimmage with, with some of the best lines in the league. Yeah, I, I kind of felt like when they want to go brass knuckles, they probably have the wherewithal to, to do it. It's just a matter of how much is Andy going to want to play it that way. But I feel like they could beat you up, right? The whole finesse thing, like yeah. if they really wanted to kind of reverse that narrative, they could. I think so. And, you know, I think it's it, it's good. Like, you know, if you're in a shootout like they were with the Buffalo Bills and, you know, they make all these ridiculous plays, throwing the ball you know, to, yeah. to tie it up and to go, you know, to beat them in overtime, all that stuff. Like sometimes there's just games where it's good to change the tempo. And yeah. I've been an advocate of this for Buffalo. Um, it's good to have a running game if you have to. Uh, if you want to just keep the the other best player on the field, if it's Aaron Rodgers in a playoff, you know, whatever it is in a Super Bowl game, yeah. or if, it, you know, it's a super hot Justin Herbert, sometimes it's good just to have, a change of pace where you can melt yep. the clock for, you know, 10 minutes running the football, take the air and, out of the ball yeah, and, and, and take care of the ball better. Because, you know, you, if you recall, you know, the chiefs were three and four last year and everybody, you know, they were turning the ball over way too often. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes mom yep. was chiming in on, you know, the, 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 <laughs> the record. And then they won eight in a row. Yeah. You know, and they just put it all together. Like they had that type of ability, but I do think, having that ability to run it when you have to run it short yardage, yes. goal line, four minute drill, um, change of change of uh, just tempo. Like it's good to have that ability. If, if you need to, just to put a bow on the chiefs, then Baldy, uh, they went 12 uh, and five a year ago. Vegas is saying 10 and a half wins. They do play a tough schedule and they get everybody's best effort. Uh, you have any thoughts on that uh, ten and a half? Does that seem about right? Does that seem a little low? Too that high? seems low to me. It does. Uh, you know, I, I think seventeen game schedule. Like I think the low low point is eleven because I still pick them mm-hmm. to win the division. Um, yep. I'm not going against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. I'm just not doing it. Um, I, I believe all the other teams have gotten better in a lot of different ways, but I'm not going against what we have been watching for six years in a row. I'm with you there too. Oh, I'm going to let you pick where we go next, Baldy, because this, this is a coin flip for me. Like I, Mm -hmm. these other three teams, I think you could, you could make the case for any one of them being the second best team in this division, or maybe the worst team in this division. That's how close the margins are. Who's in the two hole for you? I'm going to take um, the Los Angeles chargers. Um, Okay. I, I like, almost every single thing they did this offseason, whether it's Cleo Mack or J.C. Yeah. Jackson or what they did in the draft with Zion Johnson, they needed to improve the right side of their offensive line. Um, I love the two. I love J.T. Woods coming out of Baylor. I think they have a deep safety position. I think if you play – if yeah. Woods can play and you play him with this year, Adderley, it really frees you up to do certain things with Derwin James. I heard one, you know, national – um, commentator 
say last week that Derwin James is an overrated player. And I'm like, what universe are you in? Like, there's nobody that can run with Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller like Derwin James. And when healthy, and if you want to argue that he's not consistently healthy, okay, that's fine. But don't tell me when he's on the field, that guy doesn't change the game. I mean, I think if he wanted to go rush the pass of Jason the way, let's say, you know, Micah Parsons did last year, he's going to get you 10 sacks. Like, no Mm -hmm. running back can stay in front of him. Um, You know, he's just got the quickness and the the power and the size to – you know, just to be able to get to the quarterback. But, you know, if you want to play him in the dime safety, you want to play him at free safety, you want to put him on the tight ends, you want to put him on – I've seen him cover Tyreek Hill in the slot. Like, there's nothing that guy can't do. So, if Khalil Mack and Joey Boza can come off the edge like I think we both think they can, and you add, you know, Sebastian Joseph Day inside, which was a weakness a year ago, and, um, you know, and some of those guys up front, like I think Brandon Staley has – all of the tools necessary to be a top 10 defense. They were awful a year ago, but I, I do believe their defense is going to vastly improve. And then offensively, it's just a question of fine tuning what they already do um, because it's, they've got everything it takes to be an elite offense in this league. I thought at times last year, they got a little too cute with Bosa standing him up, walking him around. Like, don't you just, let him put his hand hand down and try to get to the quarterback. Like I, I, I just there were, and I believe in Brandon Staley, and I know he's super smart. But sometimes I felt like watching them last year. I almost felt like they outthought themselves sometimes. Well, I think when you have just one elite player, that's that can be a tendency to just move him around and use him as a decoy and all this other stuff because you know the attention he's going to get if you just line him up at left end or right end. I do think with Khalil Mack bouncing up, where you got you know, a real power guy coming off the edge that you could really do some different things. And I, I don't even want to take, you know, anything away from what they have and, you know, some other players there. But I think that that's going to help. I think having a Kyle Van Noy there, just his veteran experience mm-hmm. is going to help a linebacker yeah. core that, that really needs help um, when I watch him. But I, I do think you'll see Boza coming off the edge and maybe even going inside where he's had some success over the mm-hmm. offensive guards. I think you could see him inside a little bit because I think he likes, you know, taking on the lesser athletic offensive lineman inside sometimes yes. just as a matchup. So I, 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 I think that you'll see him in more traditional roles this year. I wonder how much pressure is kind of thrust upon Brandon Staley because you're in LA quite a bit, Baldy, like, they're in a delicate spot there in terms of, um, I won't say the solvency of the organization, but sort of the the resonance of it. You've got the the Rams have now turned into a juggernaut. Yes, right. We're still not sure if LA is really a two football town. They're tenants in somebody else's stadium. Like the Rams are going to get their rings in the same stadium that the Chargers call mm-hmm. home. We saw the preponderance of visiting fans take over that place. Um, and this year, ownership went out and spent a little bit. And you got a guy like my buddy Sean Payton out there doing games for Fox in the SoCal area all the time who's just, you know, a five-minute Uber ride from the owner's suite at any given time. I'm just saying. Well, look, I mean, I don't want to call them second-class citizens, but, I mean, I've been in that stadium when the Chargers are playing. I mean, I was there last year when the Vikings came, and it was, you know, it was Skoll 
you know, the whole time. Yeah. You know, so it, it is an invitation for visiting teams to bring their fan base into SoFi and have a nice weekend in Southern California. They got to fight that. They got to, you know, but winning, winning can really help that. You know, they haven't been in the playoffs in a while. Uh, you know, winning can certainly help that and to grow a fan base. I think, um, you know, so far people have kind of figured it out. Um, you know, just, just, you know, traffic patterns getting in and out of there and that kind of stuff yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. that can really bog you down on Sunday sometimes. But I, I think that this thing is like, they, they look, they don't have the fan base that, you know, other teams in LA, the Raiders had at one point, whatever. They've got to build it. And winning helps build it. They've got the star powers, you know, whether it's Boza, Mac, James, yeah. you know, Herbert, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler. I mean, they got star Eckler. power on that team. So, you know, that's one that's one way to draw them. And, you know, if they can take down the Kansas City Chiefs and host a playoff game and win the division, I would think you'd find, you know, a whole lot, yeah. you know, a whole new group of Bolt fans. I just feel like every July I talk myself into looking at their roster and saying, well, maybe they won't get hurt. Maybe they'll figure a few things out. Right. And and then I feel it's Lucy with the football. And then I'm back again the same July saying, well, I do like them more than I liked them last year, but I I still don't know if that's enough for them to actually get over the hump. And I feel like there's going to be real pressure on, uh, on, on guys and not named Spanos in that front office and the head coach to actually turn this into a winning operation. This well, year. I, you know, this is, this is really, I, I want to put, you know, Staley in the spotlight this year. He left Los Angeles uh, where he, he left the, with the number one defensive football. It didn't look anything like that last year. Um, no. There's a big part of his fan base that thought he was crazy aggressive on fourth downs in certain games last yeah. year, but you know, yeah. they beat the chiefs in week three in Kansas city because he was aggressive going for it on fourth downs. He attempted four of them that day and it was a difference in the game. So, you know, you, I, I saw him go for it on fourth down against the Cleveland Browns early in the year. It was the right call down a couple of touchdowns. Uh, it helped them, uh, you know, and then it backfired against the Raiders. So, uh, you know, he's going to, he's going to be aggressive. I mean, it's going to be a style, but defensively he's got all the pieces. I, I don't know that he has Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, you know, quite at that level right. that he had with the Rams, but he's got some elite players. <laughs> so, you know, he's going to have the flexibility, man zone, disguising things, um, pass rush. Like he's got the pieces. And really, I remember talking to Ladanian Tomlinson before free agency, who still does a, a great deal of stuff with yes. the Chargers. And he's like, are, are they ever going to open up the wallet and go compete? You know, and he was surprised well, at what they did. Yeah. Because they, you know, you go get two elite players in Jackson and Cleo Mack, you know, not to mention what they did with Van Noy and some other players, Sebastian Joseph Day. Like, they really fortified their team for the first time via free agency. I I, I don't remember yep. a year ever no. like this with the Chargers. No. No, it's not usually how they operate, and, and those that money's going to have to translate to wins. Who are you leaning to as the third best team in this division, Baldy? Well, I, I, you know, it, it, it'd be hard for me not to say the Raiders right now winning their last four, getting okay. to the postseason. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Josh McDaniels is coming in. He's got a proven playbook, and he's got a trio in Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, and Darren Waller that can really go up against anybody in the NFL, including 
the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, they've got they've got a guy that can beat you from the slot with his route running and his just his uh, cleverness in how he runs route and Hunter Renfro. They've got maybe mm-hmm. the best receiver in football in Devontae Adams teamed up with Derek Carr, you know, going back to their college days. And Darren Waller, when healthy, um, seems almost uncoverable at times. Yes. And so they, they've got – now we got to see just what this offensive line looks like. I'm sure there's going to be a ton of competition to get the best five out there. That's always going to be a factor. But, um, you know, this is, this is an offense that should score – a great deal of points. And I'm kind of curious just what playbook Derek Carr is getting. I haven't talked to him yet. I th- I'm going to see him in training camp this year. But, you know, I've seen Josh McDaniels make this mistake before. And I've seen other coordinators that left the nest in New England make the mistake of trying to give them all of Tom Brady's offense. And, you know, it's just – Right. I don't know that everybody can handle that. The offensive line can't handle. Yeah. Mac Jones tried to handle – you know, 30-something protections last year. He said he never studied yeah. so hard in his life. I'm sure that there's some version of it, and I'm sure there's some a lot of input from what Devontae wants, what Derek Carr wants. So I'm sure it's going to be some some amalgamation of all of that. But I am kind of curious to see, you know, two-back offense. You know, like, like the Patriots, whenever they would struggle, especially early, early in the year, you can almost guarantee the next week they come out in I formation – and just try yep. to knock you off yep. the ball and yep. just get back to the basics of winning football, win the line of scrimmage. And that was yep. always their go-to thing whenever that yeah. team ever, ever, you know, struggled. And so I'm, I'm anxious to see if they take that approach uh, and if they can handle that approach with that team. Well, they are paying, they are paying a fullback. And, and when they go empty set, it's going to be pretty, I mean, that, that collection of talent, including a guy like uh, Josh Jacobs in the slot, um, there's going to be a lot of matchups for Derek Carr to look at and uh, and, and find an opportunity to prosper. Well, he's uh, going to have a chance. You, you know, like I mean, him? I remember, yeah. I, I just remember going back to the Fresno State days. You know, it's, it's ironic, Jason, that the final game that Devontae Adams and Derek Carr played in 2013, their last year at Fresno, it's ironic that they played the Las Vegas Bowl in Las Vegas against USD. <laughs> And all the things that we kind of watch Devontae Adams and marvel at now, back shoulder catches, body control, route running, like it was all on display at Fresno. And those two just had this kind of magical feel for each other. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter like how well USC was covering Devontae Adams. Right. Ball still found his way in the end zone to him. So, um, like I expect that, that I don't know if it's going to be Aaron Rodgers you know, number of targets that Devontae right. got. But I think this situational football red zone, you know, yeah. third go, third down, fourth down, let's go for it. Like I can see the ball going to Devontae in a variety of ways in situational football. Well, you've got Denver here last, Baldy. We know they obviously made a massive upgrade at the quarterback position, but clearly you still have a few questions about them. Um, and they've got a rookie head coach, right? And we don't know what, exactly how that's going to look. But it is worth noting for the first time in forever, Russell Wilson is surrounded by a coaching staff at the highest levels that's fully invested in being at the vanguard of the modern passing game. That just wasn't life under Pete Carroll. No, it wasn't. And, 
you know, it, it, it was getting, it was getting ugly in Seattle with them and, and the way Pete Carroll wanted to win games and his approach to winning football games. And I'd never forget uh, the visual, Jason, I know you remember this too, of Russell Wilson and his wife at the Super Bowl the year Tom Brady and the Bucks won. And he's sitting up in a oh, box yeah. with the commissioner. And he's watching yeah. Tom Brady, you know, in a pandemic-stricken mm-hmm. world, you know, um, engineer this passing game. And you could just see him drooling going, this is how you win games. Yes. What Tom Brady is yes. doing here in Tampa is how you win games. Now, you can argue that Denver doesn't have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and, you know, all, the, all right. that Tom Brady and Antonio Brown and everything that he had, Gronk. But he does have Cortland Sutton, and he does have Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick. He he does have yeah, um, you know, a good deal to work with. Like these guys uh, are very good players, and there's days when Cortland Sutton can line up with your ex receiver against anybody in this business. Like he has that kind of size and just physicality to him. So, and I like you know Nathaniel Hackett. Like he's just. Uh, he's just, he's a, you know, he he's really personality wise. Yeah. He's just, easy guy to like. you know, he's just going to bring juice every day. I don't, you know, I don't, yeah. I've been around with high school players, Jason. And, you know, you got these high school kids who were in Indianapolis a couple, you know, weeks, uh, days a year for the last couple of seasons, not this year, but before that. And, you know, he just has an energetic, entertaining way to talk about football, teach football, um, you know, Disseminate football, like you know, he, yeah, he's, he's going to stand up in front of the room. Guys are going to enjoy the way that that Nate really kind of conducts himself, and I think his staff is going to reflect that. Yeah, it's it's going to be a fascinating case study. Um, this is one of the most interesting divisions in the league, and I have a feeling we're going to be talking quite a bit about these teams as we do Baldy's breakdowns throughout the entire NFL season straight on through the Super Bowl and into the offseason. This has been our Baldy's Breakdowns AFC West preview. We thank you guys for listening. As always, please rate, review, give us feedback, iTunes, Spotify, Odyssey app, wherever you listen to us. We will be back soon with a look at the NFC West that we will put around Baldy's ever-growing travel schedule. Um, And we will continue to do this and get you guys right up uh, set for week one kickoff uh thanks to everyone at odyssey thank you guys for listening baldy safe travels and we will talk to you again soon i can't wait jason let's do it this has been a production of big game breakdowns with baldy and lock and an odyssey exclusive